0: Learn how at usps.com slash advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1702, Four Strategies to Negotiate a Higher Starting Salary, part one, by Jessica of thefioneers.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Now today I have a bit of a longer post. So I'll read the first half today and then finish the rest for you tomorrow. And with that, let's dive into the first half and start optimizing your life. Four Strategies to Negotiate a Higher Starting Salary, Part 1, by Jessica of thefioneers.com. First, let me tell you, I want you to get paid you deserve to be paid a fair and hopefully high wage for the work that you're doing. As a strong proponent of lifestyle design, I wish that salary potential didn't need to dictate what kinds of careers we decide to pursue. At the same time, I know that making a living wage is vital. When I was in the traditional workforce, I never chose the highest paying careers. I always worked in nonprofit organizations. I also worked in less lucrative roles like fundraising and human resources. In every job I had though, you had better believe that I was negotiating to get paid the highest possible salary for the work I was doing. That's how I doubled my income in a period of about three years and how I negotiated a salary above the range for my last job. Throughout my career as an HR professional, I was often on the employer side of the salary negotiation. Now, I have a unique insight into how pay is determined and successful negotiation strategies. While I don't necessarily agree with how these things are typically done, I learned to play the game. I recently left the HR profession to become an entrepreneur. Before I get too out of touch with the nine-to-five workforce, I wanted to write one final post on salary negotiation. Four strategies to negotiate a higher starting salary. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to help one of my coaching clients negotiate her starting salary for a new role. I was excited to see her walk away with something a lot more favorable than the original offer. Looking back on the discussion, here were the four main things I encouraged her to do. Number one, know that companies expect you to and benefit if you negotiate. First, almost all companies expect you to negotiate. If you don't negotiate, you are typically leaving money on the table. You're not selfish to negotiate. Negotiating is not pushy. Negotiation is part of the game. The company is making you an offer because they want you to work there. Typically, the structure is set up to offer you the lowest amount of money that they think you might accept. I wish it didn't work this way. Hopefully, they've shared a salary range up front. Even if you didn't have a conversation up front, it's your job to tell them what you need to accept the job happily and to feel valued. Here is additional important context about hiring from someone who served as a recruiter for many years. Hiring the right person can be extremely challenging. I've gone through many searches where we have hundreds of applicants and come out the other side not wanting to hire any of them especially for mid or higher level roles, it's a myth that quality candidates are everywhere. They aren't. Let's also talk about the costs of recruitment. According to the Society for Human Resources Management, the administrative and recruitment costs are around $4,000 per employee. I think this is a very low estimate. This might be possible if you're hiring hundreds of people for the same entry-level job. If not, There are a lot of costs associated with hiring. These include creating the job description, designing interview processes, posting the roles on good job boards that actually cost money, the time associated with scheduling interviews and communicating with candidates, the time for everyone who needs to interview each candidate, and the time to debrief the interviews and make a decision they certainly aren't including all these costs when coming up with $4,000 to recruit a new employee. There's another study that includes the cost of onboarding and says that a company could spend 38% of the first year's salary to hire and onboard a new person. Based on my experience, this seems a lot more accurate, especially for higher level roles. And if they don't hire the right person, that cost could be doubled. This context is important for one reason. If the company is making you an offer, they want to hire you to work there. And if they don't hire you, they could end up spending almost 40% of your first year salary to hire someone else. There's also likely not someone just as good as you waiting in the wings. Given this context, the company should want to hear from you if five dollars to $10,000 or even $15,000 in salary would make a difference in your decision. When I worked in HR, I certainly wanted to know this. Usually we could go up. Sometimes a company doesn't have all the information about your qualifications or what you need to do the job. Think about it this way. You're giving the company the choice of increasing your starting salary or needing to go back to the drawing board and rehire. When faced with this choice, the better trade-off is usually to give the candidate more money. Let me repeat that. The better trade-off is usually to give the candidate more money. Oftentimes, it benefits the company to hire you for an increased salary than to need to start back at square zero. I hope this awareness allows you to approach a salary negotiation as a problem-solving conversation. They want to hire you. If you want to work there, you just need to come up with mutually agreeable terms. Note, there are a few companies out there that have no negotiation policies. This could be because of their commitment to diversity and anti-racist policies. Salary negotiation has typically benefited white people and men more than women and people of color. If the company does not negotiate for this reason, they will usually tell you upfront and have information about it on their website. While I love this in theory, it's hard to do in practice. Companies who do this need to be okay with losing great candidates over $10,000, even though it could cost a lot more to rehire. Where I worked most recently, we kept a record of salary negotiation. This allowed us to analyze our decisions to see if we could uncover inequities. Also, there was an occasion where we made offers to three people for the same role. Two of them negotiated Through these conversations, we realized that we actually should offer a higher salary for the role. So we increased the starting salary for all three employees, even though one did not negotiate. This was on top of posting public salary ranges. Number two, hear that on tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Four Strategies to Negotiate a Higher Starting Salary I love that Jessica pointed out here how difficult it is to find a quality candidate. What I heard from this statement is that you actually have more leverage than you realize when you're offered a role. And I completely agree with this. The last time I hired someone in my corporate career, it took forever. I was looking for someone to take over some of my responsibilities as I transitioned into a different role. I interviewed many people over three months, but the candidates our HR department were vetting and passing to me just were not the right fit. The man we ended up hiring actually got overlooked by our HR department, but he had a mutual connection with someone I worked with and reached out to my colleague on LinkedIn. My colleague shared his information with me and I was shocked that his resume got overlooked. I scheduled an interview immediately. And it just so happens he was perfect for the role. As soon as he left the interview, I called HR immediately and told them we needed to make an offer that very same day. Where I think this new hire went wrong is that he told HR his current salary. So when they offered him a 15% increase, it was assumed he would just accept it. But he actually countered and asked for a 30% increase from his current salary. And I was cheering him on. I loved how he negotiated for himself because this is a reflection of how well he could negotiate on behalf of the company and our clients. To this day, he's one of my favorite people I've ever worked with. He was so much better in that role than I ever was. And it was really satisfying to watch him become an indispensable part of the team. A good hire feels like winning the lottery when you're on the hiring side. So remember that when you're advocating for yourself. Well, that should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day and a great weekend. And I'll see you on the Sunday show tomorrow where we'll finish up this post and where your optimal life awaits.